Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Salutations and hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. Good to see that you've walked back this way here to the Unlucky Lounge, located in historic Monoscrew Manor, for another episode of Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, and joining me as always, you've heard of the New Year baby. Well, this dude is the New Year's bear. His name is Borok. Happy end of 2020, Borok. <laughs> That's right, Borok. The garbage fire that was 2020, it has disappeared. The sun has fallen on it, and the dawn of a new day rises, and it rises with an additional collaboration here on Friday Night Podcast. But before we get to that, a few bits of housekeeping and upkeeping, as always. This show is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, BLEAV.com, or wherever you download your audio goodness. Keep your midday blues away with Believe. And the show is here because of all of you. Thank you to everyone who's found us on Twitter, on Twitch, on YouTube, Draft and Draft Corey. Speaking of Twitch, find our latest Twitch stream. It is our 2000th download celebration. Inside of there, there's a code. If you direct message me on one of my socials, you get entered into a chance to win one of those sweet pre-release codes from Zendikar Rising. That's the big pack package. Give me that DM, enter in, help fill out your ZNR collection. And if this show is giving you joy, Find us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Thank you to all of my patrons who are on there right now supporting the show. We could not do the show without you. Help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, that's enough of all the housekeeping. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Conjurer's Closet. And last episode, we had a sit-down conversation with an amazing fellow socialite on Twitter, a writer. Her name is Thea. And she stuck around for a little bit more fun here in the Unlucky Lounge, including this week's episode of Friday Night Podcast. So we're going to swing it back to the feature table and see how the two of us do with putting an Arena Cube deck together. All right, we topped off your beverage. It's time for us to dig in to some MTGA drafting. And you're the guest on the show here, so I'm going to leave it to you. What kind of limited format are you feeling right now there's actually like four different limited formats on arena right now what are you most interested in doing so Corey, i gotta tell you i have a newfound addiction mm. and it's actually all because of you so we've been oh. exchanging messages via twitter uh prior to recording this podcast and you told me four or five times you gotta try the cube you gotta try the cube and i have been cubing non-stop so I'm up for a best of one cube. This cube has blown me away and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I will take all the credit and none of the blame for your cube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we've been talking, we've been swapping a lot of deck picks and talking about like what the cube has to ha have. So I'm just curious from the experience that we've both had already, like what are some of our favorite things that we found in the cube, favorite decks to, to build, maybe individual cards that have impressed you. Like, like talk to me, I, I wanna know, can you show me? Well, what's been interesting to me is, so I'm not like a huge experienced cube player. So I've been experimenting. So 
it, it feels like to me that you can make a viable deck in almost any color combination, which is pretty interesting, but there are definitely some cards that stick out in my mind. Uh, number one is Field of the Dead. Mm. I always pick lands highly in cube when I do play cube and just Field of the Dead, I found surprisingly easy to get working. And there's just so many lands and so much kind of defensive support that can allow you to ramp and get to Field of the Dead. So that's something that sticks out to me. There, and there are so many Wraths in the format. In white, in red, there's like Sweltering Suns and Magma Quake. So you can take a card like Field of the Dead, find out what colors you're being passed to, and you can feel pretty confident that you can interact positively with your opponent's board even while you're establishing a wide mana base. And I, yeah, it's really cool that this card in itself, alongside like Golos, Sylvan Reclaimer, Uvenvald Hydra makes the deck relatively consistent. Definitely. And I was going to say, to go go along with uh, Fields, you don't need them together, but they often do go together. Golos has been a very high pick for me as well. Um, just, you know, it can go into any deck. And there's so many lands, it's easy to splash for the ability. And if you go off, if you activate Golos' ability once, you know, you're usually pretty well to win or at least on your way to winning um so golos has yeah. been a big big standout to me speaking of the like you you know what i did should i, should I tell my listeners what i just did today like the silliness I, that i put I together think they, i think they want to hear about it <laughs> okay okay this is this is super silly and i don't and it, it was in best of one and i don't even recommend it but like between between you and my friend who was like you know good devil bad devil on my shoulder uh i'll let you decide which one you you are hint you're the good one um uh the like i i had a golos i didn't have feel the dead it was just like big mana like we had the, like the ugin but i couldn't activate golos but i had a last pick chromatic orrery this is the artifact from m21 that lets you spend uh, mana as those any color produces five and you can like spend five and draw three cards like this card is very slow especially in best of one that i feel is particularly fast but i played yes. it and i actually got to activate goals twice in a turn i'm like i feel really dirty doing this i feel like i have no right to do this right now yeah that's um you know you took a risk and it paid off <laughs> It, it paid off once, and then I promptly learned my lesson and lost to two like uh, aggro decks, one white and one red, one after another. So I still, I still got to get my comeuppance, and I felt a little bit justified about that. Sometimes you like you lose a game. I'm like, yeah, I should lose that game. I should lose with this deck, and I felt pretty good after that. But kind of speaking of, uh, about uh, best of one in particular, which we're gonna fire up in a second. What about the speed of the format? There's been a lot of uh, streamers that I follow, uh, other content creators that say best of one is super super fast and while i think that's true i think there's still space for control and value decks in the format I, what's your experience been thus far yeah I, I have found absolutely that it does lean towards fast decks which is kind of interesting to run into so many especially the mono white and the mono red decks i i'm surprised at how many times i see an isamaru hound of kondu on turn one and i'm just like oh crap I can't, <laughs> I can't deal with this. It's gonna hit, get in three times. I'm gonna play like a ramp spell on turn three and who knows what else they're gonna have by then. Uh, conversely though, because there are so many aggro decks, it makes control decks really good. There's a lot of wraths in this format and 
I had drafted a blue-white control deck uh, yesterday that did relatively well. So like, it feels almost rock, paper, scissory in that you have your aggro decks, your control decks, and your ramp decks. And um, they kind of play off of each other in a way that, again, I'm not the most experienced cube player. Um, I see you're highlighting Thragtusk here. And I think Thragtusk, this is a very, one of the best cards in the cube, in my opinion, too, just that it like, it's the ultimate stabilizer against those aggro decks. And um, yeah, I, I think it, it is fast. There are a lot of aggro decks, but that just, you know, means if you can prioritize a deck with Wraths or a stabilizer like Thragtus, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, like presence of Thragtus. And then if you go like Thragtus into say, silliness like the Great Henge and uh, some success I found in like mono green ramping strategies, I'm like, yeah, I can go down that route. You can find super high impact cards relatively reasonably and still be able to put something cool together in the best of one queue. You still have to prioritize that early interaction and have a plan, but if you go in with those mentalities, I think you can still make best of one uh, on that uh, MTGA client work with non-aggressive decks. But you know, I bet we could talk about this till the cows come home. And trust me, being from the Midwest originally, I've seen many cows come home, <laughs> but I think our best way to engage in this is to actually draft it. Uh, are, are you ready for some best of one, Thea? I'm ready. I'm ready. And I just, you know, wanted to say my second Hedron Latte here, um, Barack put a little bit of peppermint in it. And this is getting me in the holiday spirit. He's a very fancy bear tender. What can you say? But uh, as our table's ready here, it's time for us to engage in a tradition here in the Unlucky Lounge. Uh, for my listeners out there, grab yourself a drink. Maybe it is a hedron latte with a little bit of peppermint. Maybe it's a little something spicier. Maybe grab yourself a snack. Maybe crack a pack. It doesn't matter. But it's time to celebrate all of you out there. This, friends, is what we like to call the untapped step. Cheers also here to having you on the show. Cheers. All right. Let's get it going. The other seven people have been waiting for us to press the ready button and <laughs> let's jump into it. So in this pack right now, the, the mythics, the big top end, Cruel Reality, I haven't really found a good place for that, especially in best of one. Uh, we have like Shadow Girl Skull Smashing, which is a, a great land, but man, do you believe in it? Do you believe in the cleave, Thea? I was gonna say, this pack looks not great to me. Uh, the only two cards that I really stand out, I would like to take, there's a Pyromancer, but I actually, warning to the listeners, I haven't been able to get the blue-red spells deck to work. So the old me would say, yes, I want that or like the steam vents, but uh, the only card that I'm looking at here is Ember Cleave with hopes of ending up in a Boros or a mono red deck. Uh, nothing else is interesting. Well, like the white uh, apparition, also pretty good in the white aggro decks, good removal, but Ember Cleave has got to be it here in my mind. You know, I, I I have to agree, just full stop. This card has just like come out of nowhere, which is actually why I prioritize some like artifact and enchantment removal. Like Wilt has been a winner. Like I was able to Wilt someone who played Embercleave and I got mm -hmm. it. I'm like, all right, so I'm not going to die. It feels good. And honestly, like I, I've seen the blue red deck, the spells deck work a little bit. I don't think it's as prevalent, but I've been watching like Gabby Sparts uh, on stream uh, put together mm -hmm. some blue red stuff and she actually found success. And if maybe we tabled this, this young peasy, I would love to try and do something fun like that. So I, I, it's there, we can maybe keep the dream alive. Let's see what goes on here with uh, pick two, pack one. Uh, a few cards sticking out to me here. Um, the uh, 
God, it's so bad with names and your screen's a little blurry, but the enchantment that makes knights is pretty interesting. Um, history of Banalia, yeah. Yes, History of Banalia, the saga. Uh, you know, a lot of bodies, it powers up Ember Cleave. Um, I do like the, uh, uh, and again, I'm sorry, I'm so bad with card names. The Rimrock Knight is, uh, uh, you know, just if we wanted to take a red creature, that extra two damage gives us a little bit of reach. Um, or Rada, uh, if we wanted mm. to get into some sort of gruel. So those are the cards that are sticking out to me in this pack. So, so my, my questions for you are, do we want to be like fun police and go mono red aggro? Or like, I, I like history banalia. I found less success in like red white. I'd rather just stay in one of those colors. Uh, or we could just have fun and land stuff with Rada. So I, w- what do you think? Which one would you be more inclined to try? I would be the fun police and go with the Rimrock Knight. Yeah, all right. Let's, you let, know, let's get some people in the face. Eldraine is known for its high power and just taking two Eldraine cards right off the bat in a queue feels pretty good to me. Why not? I love Throne of Eldraine. Well, in pack three, you know, I just said shy away from Boros, but there is an Aurelia Exemplar of Justice. But how do you feel about this card? I'm not even sure. Um, You know, I played with it the other night. I think it's been pretty strong. And one of the things I like about the Boros strategies, the cards tend to wheel. So mm. my inclination here is actually to, you know, it is the most powerful red card. Um, I don't really love red black. We got a few black cards here. Nothing else is sticking out in my mind. Maybe the gutter bones. Uh, anything yeah. you? Uh, this one is not really a a great one for me. Maybe the SRAM's expertise, like if only because it lets us follow up with another uh, cast. Or even like I'm willing to go God's willing if we're going to try and do it. But we could really probably table most things. For now, I, I'm almost just going to take the Aurelia if, yeah. if only as a as like a power line pick. And I don't mean just like power line like the Prince wannabe from the Goofy movie. <laughs> Going to pick four. Sorry, I mean, I'm doing a lot of Disney references here. What can I say? You know, I we start off on Fun Police, but the last two packs have not really shown a lot of mono red stuff. Like right now, there's a fanatical firebrand, the one-one haste that you sack to deal one damage and one red. Like the card's fine. I've I've been both on and off it as the format's going on. Like crawling barons is a fine uh like manland that could do us well. Besides that, I mean, I guess Elders Reborn. Like what what really excites you here? There's just not too much that I'm I, very excited by. Yeah, I'm not excited about anything in this pack. I mean, I might take the ratchet bomb just to like consider the ratchet bomb just in case they run into a field of the dead deck um or maybe the spark double if some of the red blue cards table and we can go into the red blue deck but nothing here is interesting to me so i would take the I mean, spark double or the eldest reborn uh i i'm kind of excited by like a spark double like it gives us some high ceiling eldest reborn is kind of and eh, i I, let's go with the spark double. Let's give that a try let's going into Yeah, let's do it. So uh, pick five, more lack of red here. I think we're really not supposed to be red, but blue is mm-hmm. maybe starting to get a little sprinkling. But I mean, glass pool mimic seems kind of interesting as a as an MDFC that can also be a clone. Sphinx of Foresight has been somewhat powerful for me. Uh, if only for the pregame action that has really smoothed out draws. There's the Hieroglyphic Illumination that cycles for one blue, draws you two for three in a blue. That seems pretty okay. Uh, Terramander might be a nice piece if we're going to try to do like a blue-red thing just as like an early drop. Early things are important. We could maybe end up with like a Curiosity or we did see before the uh, blue Curiosity variant in Ixalan. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking seeing this? 
Um, exactly what you said, but I think if I had to pick, it would be between the Terramander or the Hieroglyphic Illumination. I found that the red-blue spells deck, even though I criticized it at the beginning, that's what it seems to want the most out of this pack. Let's go with that Terramander. I think I think that uh, that has some legs. And oh wow. Okay, so I have a, a flag that I love to wave, and that flag's name is Silent Departure. I silently love this card, but I'm actually not silent about it. I think this card is amazing. One blue sorcery, return target creatures, owner's hand, flashback, or four in a blue. Like this thing is kind of exactly what we want like a deck like this to do, it can double interact and then it can trigger spells things. If we can maybe, maybe table that young peasy, like this would be great. Well, besides yeah. that, I, I, there's an Amar uh, wizard. There's also a Maze Mind Tome, which is quite good too, but maybe it's not like what we're trying to do. And I don't even know what we're trying to do right now, actually. Like, what, what are you thinking? Yeah. I think the safe pick is the um, flashback card, as you mentioned, the Silent Departure. I, I do like Rashmi if we were to be able to get into some sort of teamer deck, but I think we should just it's looking like blue-red spells, so let's just take the Silent Departure, and hopefully the young Pyromancer will wheel. Oh, uh, even if, if not, maybe we can find some other things along the way. Pick seven, pack one. Seagate Restoration kind of feels like the pick to me, if only because it's an MDFC. There's an Ominous Have Have you ever seen this card resolve in cube yet? I have not, and I've wanted no. to take it, but I just don't think there's enough support for it. Potentially, we could take a Drowned Catacomb as a... a us trying to maybe get a little bit wider on our mana base going Grixis, not worry so much about the Aurelia or the Rimrock Knights and keeping ourselves more open. I, I'm kind of leaning towards either the land uh, that's two colors or the land that is a land and a spell. I like the Drown Catacomb here. I, I found that uh, that the blue MDFC just, it's not good and it's in such an aggro format. Like, yes, you sometimes get to draw some cards, but it, uh, I found it to perform quite poorly, so. Hmm. Yeah, I tend to agree. And man, we're, we're, we're starting to see some signals here. Like, I guess green is kind of open with Wrist the Redeem and Bone and Beanstalk Giant, but I don't know if, we're, if we've already sailed on the green ship. We do have a, a Stomping Grounds. There's also a Chromatic Lantern. Is, is this card too slow for a cube, you think? I don't think so. Um, I don't know if I'd take it here. I think, I think it's, it's got to be, well, we've got three lands in the pack in the Lantern, so I think it's just got to be one of those. We've got five seconds, I'll let you choose the Stomping Ground, the Triome, or the Lantern. I'll, I'll just go with the Stomping Ground as some kind of dream scenario. Uh, pick nine, well, the Curious Obsession tabled. So it supports our actual spells we have right now. Like it's nice on a Terramander. It's pretty okay on a Rimrock Knight. Maybe we can still get into some kind of like blue aggro deck with flying creatures, or we could take a Steam Vents and be disciplined. I think let's be disciplined. Let's take the steam bend. Let's, let's be disciplined. Yeah, I, I just, I'm not sure quite where our deck wants to be right now. Whoa, the Rada tabled. That's kind of interesting, but there's also a Thunning Rebuke, which I almost just want to take that right now. But there's also this door at the perfect pen. Like, now that I see this, I'm like, yo, this is kind of exactly what our deck wants to do. Let's let's really focus on spells. And now we've got a yep. good creature on turn two. Are you, are you, are you ready for some Sprite Dragon action? Because I really want to do it. I'm down for Dora, and now I'm really wish wishing we would have first picked that young Pyromancer, but uh, Dora is a perfect little pet as well. It's a really cute little pet. It's really, really cute. I like it. You know what? There's a curiosity here. I'm going to, I think we should take this curiosity. Yes, I, mean, we I, I agree. One. Now that we have two uh, cheap flyers, definitely agree. Um, and we and get to follow up with a, a nice piece too in Illyrios Enraptured. I love this card. Yep. Let's take it. So it so, looks like falling into blue-red. 
Yeah, and both the blue cards that we were looking at before wield in this pack, the Sphinx and the Glass Bowl Mimic. I, I kind of want to take the MDFC. I think we're going to be able to find our playables after the signals that we found here. And Agreed. once I've, yeah, once you get to that point when you're cubing, you're like, you know what? We might just be there and we're going to be able to find our picks. Like with what we tabled, I, I'm pretty happy with that. We'll take another MDFC and Umar Wizard, but it's kind of slow. Uh, going into uh, pack two, what, what would you like to prioritize <laughs> oh, we, we'll, what we have right now? <laughs> oh, yeah, we will we'll the, the other MDFC. I would like to prioritize uh, just cheap spells now. And I see one in this pack. I see a crash through, um, also in a braid. So there is a Chandra Planeswalker. I haven't been impressed with that. I do like the patient rebuilding, but I don't think this is the deck for it. So I think I'm I'm down for the abraid here, unless anything else is sticking out to you. No, I'm I'm pretty much right there with you, abraid. And uh, if we table a Chandra, like we are the kind of deck that empties our hand, and we could use that plus one discard your hand ability to some great degree. And the crash through is going to go super late. If, if We'll table that almost guaranteed. No other deck than ours is going to do it, considering that we tabled the Sprite Dragon, drawing out the perfect pet. That's one thing about uh, about uh, Ikoria, is you have to learn all the card names twice with all the Godzilla styles that you were able to get. <laughs> yes. That's the one thing. And you, oh, there's also Castle Vantress we can potentially table. Like This pack is nice because we will table yeah. something we want out of it, and I'd rather just get that creature interaction. That's really nice. Yeah. A braid is, hitting the artifacts is good too. Pick two, uh, pack yeah. two. Yeah, talk, talk to me about it. What, what do you see? Uh, the only card that's sticking out to me for what we have now is Essence Scatter. Um, it's a cheap spell. And if we resolve like a turn one Terramander or, you know, turn two pet, get that curiosity on it. Um, it's just a good way to, you know, stay ahead on board. So I'm 100% for the Essence Scatter here. There's also a Sweltering Suns in our color. I don't think that's what we want because we're most likely going to have a lot of small creatures. And there is a Fiddle Fifth, which is a nice little two drop, but it usually wields. It's not something we need to prioritize in this deck. So I'm, yeah, we, I'm guessing Scatter. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, I mean, I suppose it's kind of cute that if we have Dorrit on the battlefield and it already has two counters, you get to put the third counter on the cast and then you get to still wrap the board. But there, there's no way I'm not taking this Essence Scatter. That just feels really nice for our deck. Uh, pick three, pack two. Uh, so there's a Royal Eruption as the Discipline Removal. There's also the Perforos' Intervention. X red sorcery, you choose one of two modes. You either make an X one red elemental creature with Trample and Haste, or it deals twice X damage to target creature or Planeswalker. I, I feel like almost gut that I want to just take this as uh, interaction and also potentially like a creature to top deck to just kill our opponent out of nowhere. And there's also like a Dragon Master Outcast and a Jace Wield of Mysteries. There's a couple things, but where are you leaning right now, Athia? Um, I'm in the same spot as you. I think the Royal Eruption and the Perforosis Eruption or, or in Intervention are about equal. Um, but I think there's a little bit more versatility in what we're doing with uh, the Perforos card. Um, the Dragon Master Outcast, I think we want to kill our opponent before we get to six lands. I do like Jace in this cube in general, but this is not the deck for it. So I'm 100% on Perforosis Intervention here. Let's go ahead and give our opponents an intervention. Perforos style. Pick four, pack two. Ooh, okay. So now now, now there's a couple cards that are kind of uh, giving a pulse of the deck. So I've never seen someone uh, play Night Vale Sprite, and I don't think I... I think we might be there, but I don't want to be there. Uh, Tetsuko's kind of cool, but the two things that are really drawing my attention are the skewer the critics, the spectacle uh, lightning bolt at sorcery speed, or Siege Gate Commander. And this is one I have no idea what I'm supposed to take in, like over the other. Like maybe the Siege Gang, because we already have Glass Pool Mimic and Spark Double. Like we're kind of cloning well. 
That is a good call out. Uh, my instinct is to take the skewer of the critics. I have seen that the uh, sieging commander does wheel. I just, in a deck like this, I would personally like to maximize on spells. And I think Tetsuko is kind of a non-bow with our deck. I want to play it, but um, our creatures grow. So our Terramander's gonna grow, our Dorat's gonna grow. So I like the skewer of the critics here. I would agree. And ooh, I know, I know there's a card in here that that's that's definitely uh, <sighs> one might say a Yakad. We got we got a Hellrider riding riding with some devils. One of my commander decks has Hellrider and I love it. Uh, two red red haste three three. Whenever creature you control attacks, Hellrider deals one damage to that player or planeswalker that it's attacking. I I, I think this card is is quite good. I think it could be really good for our deck too. There yeah, there's a lot of good cards for here. I for us here, I kind of like the Lightning Axe or the Winged Words, um, but those mm. tend to go late too. But Hellrider is just so powerful in this format that um, nothing else in our colors would, you know, stick above that. So let's take the Hellrider. We're gonna say hell yeah to Hellrider. Hell Rider. yeah. Oh yeah, I'm down. Oh, okay. Talk to me about pick six. How are you feeling on this one? <sighs> so we got a few red and blue cards here. Um, there is the Champion of Wits. It's good early, you know, just draw some card, some card filtering, gives you something to do late. Um, Pact of Negation has proven to be very good in this format. I don't know if our deck has enough uh, mana for it, if we're going to get that high. And then there is uh, the Perforos Demigod, uh, blanking on the name here, but the one red red star three. All of them are strong. Um, I don't have a preference. I think any could be good in our deck. I'm gonna go with the annex. Uh, if only like I would love to like spark double annex, and uh, oh, like, yeah. that could be that could be cute. And then uh, the number of creatures with like Hellrider feels like it could be something strong. Uh, pick seven. Not a lot speaking in the world of red here, but there are two blue cards. One is Scholar of the Lost Trove, which I actually like this card quite a lot in this format, but I don't think it's our deck. What I'm gonna take is Thrix the Sunstorm, the four or five flash flying for five that spells you cast with CMC five or greater, cost one less to cast. Uh, ambush blockers are our thing, and this is like a really big flying creature. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Could yeah, pretty easy pick there. Ben for our deck here. Yeah, nothing else in that pack for us. Yeah, it really wasn't much going on. Uh, it's pick eight also, not much to speak on. There's a Magma Quake uh, instant deals X damage to each creature without flying in each Planeswalker. Like we do have some flying creatures, like maybe we could one side Wrath. There's also a Deem Worthy, but I'm not quite sure about Deem Worthy quite yet in this format. Yeah, I think Magma Quake has been pretty good in this format. Um, we might not play it in this deck, but I think it's just just gotta be the safe pick here. Yeah, I think it goes straight to the board, and uh, we, we did table the crash through. We didn't table the other things out of uh, pick one, so we'll play the crash through if only for another instant of sorcery that can work well with Terramander and uh, Dorit the Siege Pet. But uh, sad to see, I forget what the other thing is that we saw that packed in table, but then we get Fibblethip. That's, you know, just something replacement level, and at least it goes onto the stack, you know? Yeah, take the Fibblethip yeah. for um, nothing special. Might not play it, but hey, draws you a card, cycles. Ooh, well, 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 yeah, we already <laughs> have a stomping it, ground. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, it, uh, uh, <laughs> take that night veil sprite that wield. Yeah, this is this is the time I like to call uh, garbage time. Oh, hey, we have a Coom Hellhound versus Torch Spitter. I like um, the Torch Spitter a little bit better in this format. Yeah, let's go with that a Scorch Spitter. Oh, we tabled Pact and Brineborn right. Cutthroat. I think we just take the Pact. That Pact has been Definitely. really nice. Pact, so Pact has overperformed. 
Yeah, so going to pack three, I would love uh, a few more good like spell payoffs or creature payoffs. Like our mana is going to be a little rough, so maybe if we could find a mana thing along the way, that would be nice. Uh, but here we go into uh, pick one to pack three. Uh, well, there's there's a Tybalt, which I think is pretty valuable. Like the life, like 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 xing out life gain from our opponent and making some devil tokens feels kind of good. There's a Banefire. How do you feel about Banefire in this format or even like in a deck like this? I think in a deck like this. Banefire could be pretty good. Um, I Tybalt has been be a little bit better in the black red sack deck, I think. Um, but I think either could be good. But for my personal play style, I think I would take the Banefire over the Tybalt at this point. Any any uh, right to giving maybe this hypno hypnotic sprite some ground? I mean, it it is both an instant and a creature. Uh, the counter is kind of nice. And it kind of works well with, say, you know, the the Dorat. I found it to be a little bit slow in this format, and I'd rather just see if it wield. Fair point. Uh, and there it goes, Banefire onto the stack. Uh, pick two. Devil's Play seems kind of good. Like, I've definitely Devil's Play people out of mm -hmm. nowhere, and that has been a nice double spell. War Kite Marauder, the flyer that uh, changes a creature into a zero one. Yeah, like we could probably table that. Seagate Stormcaller, we're kind of getting close to a Seagate Stormcaller deck, but you know, I'm, I don't think we're quite there. I think I'd rather either take the Devil's Play, and I, I don't think we're going to play this Riel to Everwise. That's on our sack. I don't think yeah, we have a lot of discard I, stuff. I haven't been able to get Riel to work. Seagate Stormcaller is a little bit mana hungry. I'm leaning towards the Devil plays, Devil's Play too. There is a Solemn Simulacrum in this pack, which I think is just like a really good card in general, but I think I'd rather take the Devil's Play here. Oh yeah, and Solemn, we have two we have two different clones too, but I, 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 want, I want to make a clone of Solemn, but I think you're right that the Devil's Play just feels really good. Uh, pick three, <laughs> look at this Ulamog that we're not going to play, LOL. There is uh, an Ox of Agonis. Yeah, right, I wish I could. I, I love the ramp decks. Ox though, 4-2. It gives us escape value, and if we're going to empty our hand quickly, we can maybe draw three cards in the later. That kind of seems cool. I haven't cast that yet. I kind of like the Supreme Will or the uh, the Teamer clone card. I'm blanking on the name here. The Mythos of Illumina. You know, we have a lot of good clone effects, and we could splash for free with the Stomping Ground. So I kind of like oh. that or the Supreme Will. I love that you brought that up. Now, now we're we're taking the mythos. If only for that, that that was some points right there. Love it. Well, nice one, nice one. Pick four. Thassa's intervention, I think, is has a, uh, really performed for me nicely in this format. X blue blue counter target spell unless this controller plays twice X or you look at the top X cards and put two of them uh, into your hand. Also, exclusion mage has been really good for me too. Disdainful stroke is in the in the pack alongside grim initiate. What are you thinking right now? What's your guts? My guy's just telling me the thoughts is intervention. I just feel like at this point we want to maximize on spells. I do like that we have multiple clone effects, which would make the exclusion mage a little bit better. But I feel like the way we're going to win most of our games is with, with an early Terramander or the Dorat. And just, you know, staying on the ground, we're not going to be as concerned about bouncing with the uh, exclusion mage. Yeah, I would tend to agree and whoa. <laughs> oh. Okay, I know right off the bat what I want here, but this is a good pack for us. Oh man, why are all these cards in this pack? My my excitement goes immediately towards either Electrodominance or Shark Typhoon. Are, are those the things you're looking at? Yeah, and I think out of the two, uh, I think the Shark Typhoon is a better card, but I think Electrodominance is better for our deck for how spell heavy we are. 
Okay, I mean, what about Shark Typhoon making sharks off of the spells? All right, let's take the Shark Typhoon. Do it, All do right, it. I, I just want to do it. I want to try it. I actually want to play it as an enchantment someday. I don't, I don't know if we'll actually do it in our deck, but how about one shark <laughs> to another? Voracious Great Shark. It's a little high. I think our, our flash, that is a good card, but I think our top end is, you know, kind of, kind of already done. I kind of like taking the opt here. There is a MDFC with just the four or five on the other side and a goblin banneret, but I just, I just kind of like taking the op. I just, I want this Dorat to be huge. I'm, we're gonna take the opt because I, I took the the undisciplined fun pick of Shark Typhoon last time, so we'll we'll, we'll follow okay. that up with with some <laughs> discipline, you know? Yeah. Uh, ooh, uh, double vision. I mean, I suppose this is the deck that's supposed to be double vision. We also have neutralize. I kind of like neutralize in this. Pick yeah, I think double vision just does not perform. Neutralize. I don't think we play it main deck unless we needed a twenty third card, but I think it's here. That's a, that's a, so I actually I've actually had a lot of success with neutralize, but you know what I've had more success with spell pierce. Really? Um, yeah, spell the deck for it. This is it. The only other card that I was looking at was the breeding pool if we wanted to get our green splash on. But um, mm. spell, this is the deck for spell pierce. So I think spell, this is a spell pierce deck. Spell pierce has overperformed for me in general, and I I, I want to give it a give it a go here in this deck. See how it feels. Uh, our table. We see the Tybalt now. And the weaponize the monsters. I I think we just say I mean the table yeah. maybe it makes the place and you know it's nice with Hellrider. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there is a lot of life gain in this format, so it might be main deckable. Um, the Warp Marauder and the Stormcaller wield. Don't know if we'd play yeah. either, but I think they're both fine picks here. We'll go with the Marauder if only because I think we we want to clear the way of our flyers. Oh, we tabled the Ox and <laughs> the Supreme Will. <laughs> I have loved. You know, I haven't cast the Ox myself, but I've loved Supreme Will, but I saw you hover over the Ox first, so I'll let you make the call on this one. Well, we're going to take the Supreme Will, and we tabled the Exclusion Mage. Oh, I love me some Exclusion Mage. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, we're rounding out the rest of this pack with wow. some random stuff. War Warrant Warden tabled. That card's very good to me. Wow. Yep. Well, it's going to get on the stack here, and uh, well, we got that MDFC, that tabled. I think it's better than the so Goblin Banneret. Do you think? So I think, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, let's take the MDFC. Uh, and then our last pick, <laughs> the double vision. So, so I think, so again, there's an irony here that we talked about, well, I talked about the Pyromancer and the Red Blue Spells deck not being able to get them to work. And Fate said, you guys are gonna have to make this work. And um, I'm really excited to build this deck. And I think this draft is a great, uh, um, showcase in signals because we started out with just a red card and we took kind of dipped into white for a second there. And we couldn't really tell what was coming, but we clearly on packs two and packs three, we saw pretty much all of the red and blue cards that we were looking at wheel. So this is a fantastic lesson in signals. Yeah. And this is definitely a, a wonderful example of those signals. And we're going to take these signals and see if we can lower down this already sack of 32 cards into 23 we got some work ahead of us so all my listeners you feel free you take your break get yourselves uh recapped off and we'll see you back after a quick break stick around all my unlucky lounge rats
Welcome back, all of my unlucky lounge rats. I hope that you've refreshed, refueled, and good to see that you've returned. As myself and Theo decide to dig in uh, to this blue-red spells deck, something that I haven't really seen much on the arena ladder or the best of three Q, but I am kind of excited about what came together, but I'm also a little bit more excited about our process that we had putting this deck together. Could you just uh, speak a little bit about uh, how we uh, went at this, the, the Thea method, as you so called it? Yeah, definitely. So um, it was kind of funny because we had a big pile of cards and Corey was going through and I actually asked him, I said, can we empty this deck? And he's like, oh yeah, sure. So whenever I build a deck, I actually empty it first and I go through all of the cards that I've drafted and I find what I would consider to be the essential cards, the most powerful cards. And whether that's 18 cards or 20 cards or 26 cards, from there is where I usually try to determine what is the deck doing and what do I need to add or cut. And when looking at our most powerful cards, we actually had two very distinct ways to build this deck. and. Um, Corey, do you want to talk about the two ways we had to build this deck and what we eventually did settle on through this method? So there was kind of two different hinge points at what our deck did best. Uh, one is the spell half of it. Now, certainly, as we already mentioned, the young Pyromancer did not table to us, which was unfortunate, but we still were able to put together some of the key components of what this deck is supposed to do with having Dorat, i.e. the Sprite Dragon from Ikoria, and Terramander from Ravnica Allegiance. These are obviously like really keenly... Uh, geared towards spell payoffs, both of which key off of instance sorceries, uh, and even more than that, uh, non-creature spells, like uh, other cards that we decided to support with this spell plan in playing uh, Curiosity, uh, works really nice with like the Skewer the Critics, having the flying, and even Rimrock Knight in itself uh, lends nicely with the flying. Now, the other half that we wanted to potentially maximize was the Hellrider plan, and that is having, you know, a lot more on the line side of the creatures. Take, for example, us having double creatures with Illyrios or having Night Veil Sprite and War Kite Marauder. And these are nice and solid creatures in their traditional limited formats, but without kind of maximizing to this other plan with Hellrider, alongside also the Tybalt that we ended up tabling in pack number three, it kind of felt better to really gear towards that spell plan. So that's where we maximize with some of our additional one drops alongside Curiosity and crash through so that we could have a really good curve alongside those two cards and some other things we have going on. We've got a lot of non-creatures, like a lot, a lot, but I think that we have some really strong payoffs when we are going alongside this plan. And even without it, we have kind of some nice release valves if we have to go more controlly alongside having Perforos's Intervention, Devil's Play, and Banefire, uh, either to get something big or maybe even just finish them off. And it kind of has some nice synergy alongside the Thrix that kind of ended up being our 23rd playable. Wouldn't you say, Thea? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like that there's some little synergies in this deck. Again, Thrix and the uh, X-Spells, uh, Phoenix, if we get some tokens off of that, and then there's Power Up the Hellrider. Uh, I think my dream draw would be turn one, Terramander, and then turn two, Curiosity, with a Spell Pierce backup. Um, oh, be still my beating heart, if only. <laughs> let's, if... let's see if we can get that. I, I did want to point out um, in the board, we have both the red and blue uncommon MDFCs from uh, the most recent Zendikar set. Uh, since we are really concerned about playing our spells early, 
We thought the top plans would be a detriment, especially since there are some fast decks, so we did not decide to play those. That was something else we were debating. Um, yeah. Put up in the board. I, the, I, I think they're they're not unfounded in the cube. It's actually kind of cute that they work quite well with the Field of the Dead synergies, right? And like having mm -hmm. uh, like like uh, Oracle Moldaya or Rada in the cube, it's kind of cute. But our deck, we want to make sure we're curving out and we're able to keep yes. things open on one because we've got upwards towards eight one drops, uh, not including, of course, the, the X spells, which, you know, they're not actually one drops, even though that's what I uh, referred to when I was looking at the board right now. But honestly, th this deck's got a lot of flexibility in it. It's also got like the clone package between Spark Double, Mythos of Ayuna, and our Glasspool Mimic. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how this rolls and how the deck is going to perform and giving us, you know, different options of what our deck can do with the number of playables that we got. Definitely. This looks like a fun one. And again, we're it's almost like we were fated to play this because I talked about the red blue spells deck and um, fate intervened and said, hey, you guys got to play it now that Thea doubted it. So <laughs> The arena cube in all of its, its <laughs> benevolence looked down on us and said, how dare you? How dare you speak ill about two of the best color combinations in recent limited formats. Now I shall show you and I shan't even give you the pyromancer for your own <sighs> folly. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. We're gonna do it and we're gonna start off, I think pretty okay. So we're on the play. We start with a hand of Island Mountain. We've got Seagate Restoration as a third line if need be, but we have our Dorat alongside the Spell Pierce, Exclusion Mage for interaction and a Spark Double. Like this feels like a really wonderful hand to keep. This feels like a fantastic hand. Um, the only yeah, thing that could make it better was it would be like to potentially draw a, uh, uh, why am I missing the name of the card? Uh, Silent Departure. Like, if we yes. do that, just have the, the final piece of interaction, I would adore that. This would also, if we got that curiosity, that, uh, this would also be a good, ooh, Banefire, okay. Let's throw out the door out here. Yeah, we drew our Banefire. Uh, our opponent opens on Mountain, you know, and that immediately tells me that they might be in that realm of uh, Mono Red Aggro, but you know what? They let us get away with an attack with Dora. And if we can untap and keep our spell pierce open, we might be in a pretty good place. Like my, my my dream is they play something. Ooh, they play a rootbound Craig, so they might be in the green red lands deck. So if they play like some kind of mana ramp thing, the exclusion mage looks quite good. But oh yeah, well sure, oh, sure enough, oh. perforous intervention. Ah, <sighs> the dream the dream is dead. The dream <laughs> is dead. Oh well. Uh, so we drew a shark typhoon. I might actually cycle the shark typhoon. I was gonna say. I think we want to cycle it on one here just to get something on the board and keep, you know, building towards either a larger bane fire or some other action. Really unfortunate yeah, that our Dora died so quickly. Yes, we, we would have protected it with our life with the spell pierce, but uh, they just rolled out a mind stone. Uh, we could spell pierce that, but I think we still want to cycle the, the shark typhoon I, and draw a card. I, I prefer to cycle the typhoon here, definitely. And we can still get our opponents uh, other things, potentially. Resilient Kenra enters the battlefield. A card that I've been okay on, it's definitely like a replacement level green drop, uh, mm -hmm. but the Eternalize on it is nice. The, it's 2-2 two, two ETBs. Another, a creature gets plus 2, plus 2, and then internalizes. But, you know, it, it's it's a fine card, but I'm not too scared of it with what our deck does. Likewise. Likewise. Let's get some All action right. here. Let's, let's get some mana. We'd love some mana. We can also Exclusion Mage. Okay, Rimrock Knight's not bad. All right, so 
Uh, we drew we drew an island in Rimrock Knight, which leaves us with my plan is to attack with one one, uh, then give it plus two plus off the Rimrock Knight and Exclusion Mage their Kenra, get a nice board state, and then we can spark double their follow up play on the next turn with the Exclusion Mage we have on the board. Yep, definitely the most mana efficient play. Gets in three damage and sets us up for next turn no matter what we draw. So fully agree with that plan. It's like we're of the same mind. We're in sync, and I don't it's just like mean we're the both boy limited banking. players or something. <laughs> Like we're, we're, we could be like a lot worse, but I think we're in a pretty solid place here. The Spark Double looks really nice. I, I really want Exclusion Mage to Spark Double. Ooh, they played Jade Light Ranger. That's a good one. It also tells me Definitely. that, oh, no. Oh, not, yeah, ooh, they, they leave a Garrick Unleashed on top. So they, they, they're ending up with a Jade Light Ranger, Resilient Kenra on the battlefields. They, they've got, they, they had a pretty good uh, uh, turn four on their side. Drew another mountain, which is nice. Uh, my since they double spelled creatures the the spark double looks a little worse now but it's probably mm -hmm. still the best line so i i kind of feel like we should like spark double our exclusion mage and i don't know i don't really want to return jaylight ranger but is that what we're gonna do yeah we're kind of not in the best spot here i think just in the interest of mana efficiency and holding up that spell pierce in case they cast you know a big non-creature spell uh, I think our best line, make sure, yeah, make sure that mana is tapped correctly, is auto tapper. To, <laughs> yeah, I, I like bouncing the Kenra here, just because yeah. I don't want them to get to redo the Jade Light Ranger, and I like just attacking, offering the trade. You know, we're interested in getting damage in, and if they want to trade, whatever. And so yeah, yeah if they're to play like a big X spell or uh, I don't, well, if they don't play a mono, we can. Uh, spell Pierce the Garrick here. Which, that would could be potentially. Nice. That would be very nice if that's their plan to Garrick and make a token. It kind of feels like it, considering how the Jade Light, Light Ranger played out. Yeah, there it is. They're they're gonna oh. we're gonna be able to spell Pierce the Garrick. I think I think Love they this. were a little bit. That was oh that was business. That was beautiful oh, business. Feels, that feels good. Oh, they had a land. They didn't play the land. <laughs> oh. <laughs> played the land. They used to. And I like this, too, uh, how they can't. I mean, I guess they can block and eternalize next turn, but still. Um, I think this puts us in a good good position, and hopefully we draw well, some action. Land, we're drawing some lands. Rainfire better. But I think really we just does. attack here, play the land, and play out the night. Yeah, 100%. Uh, they have three cards in hand. They've got uh, six mono sources. They took the damage going to 11. That's not irrelevant, and eventually maybe this Banefire might get them. We also have the Embercleave we could draw into. Uh, Ooh, we've got- that would, that would be so nice. Believe in the cleave, you know? Believe in that cleave. Mm -hmm. Phylath World Sculptor enters the battlefield. Uh, which, That's problematic. You know, <laughs> it's, it's problematic for sure. Our, our game plan is still along the lines of like kind of get them in the air through with damage off the bane fire sadly the the rimrock knight not being an additional blocker for further turns is really sad but uh you know they, they got to their end game and well, there goes another land for our draw here we drew a steam vents uh so you know at this point we, we're gonna need a little bit of help uh there's no lie but there there's still potential <laughs> in us drawing like a glass make to bounce like a stack token uh and try to potentially maybe it, Devil's play, not quite sure. I don't think we're supposed to banefire this Phylath if we want to try and win the game. I don't game, think but... so either. A lot of players talk about the difference between staying alive and winning the game. I think that's a stay alive a little bit longer play, but that's not a winning play to Phylath or destroy. Them. All right, this might just uh, wrap it up for us. Chandra in this cube has been incredible. She's hard yeah. to beat. <laughs> 
She is. And unfortunately, our deck is geared for so much of the early game, and now they're just wheeling haymakers every turn. And, uh, you know, that, that Perforos' intervention on our, our Dorat was, was, was quite backbreaking. We, we'd have a very, a very keen handle on this game otherwise. They, they get to, to plus uh, deal us a little bit of damage here. Uh, they didn't kill one of our creatures, which is not, you know, irrelevant, but uh, they're going to start cracking for a lot of damage here. They can, they can attack so us in nine. We're going to have to I block it, I think. It. You think we take think it? So? Well, next I turn, if we... we if... Greetings, Editor Corey here. Typically, in the editing of Draft and Draft, we take out parts where two hosts talk over each other. But because Thea and I actually had the exact same cadence trying to stand by our own viewpoint three times in a row, I thought it was too funny not to keep out of the show. We hope you enjoyed this behind-the-scenes look at Draft and Draft editing. Please enjoy the rest of your Friday Night Podcast episode. Record Machines! Because if we draw a clone effect, we can kill a token. I mean... Yeah, that's a good point. All right, yeah. We're pretty... I just think we're dead no matter what, but... I don't know. I, I, I'm the kind of player I would just take in here and be like, okay, Hail Mary. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I was kind of counting towards like getting an, another draw spell, but oh. Okay. We... So, can we actually. Oh, you know, if we Bane fired last turn, we could have killed them. Yeah, we could have because we just drew Ember Cleave. So, we, we're going to have to believe in Cleave a little bit, and it's going to come down to their blocks. And I still think even then we might not get it, but uh, you know what? We're, we're going to go to attacks and see what happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, you're not blocking there was actually, uh, it might be key in this equation uh, of putting yeah. it together. If if it does, it, it seems... I mean, if they just block with the O1s, I think we can get in enough double strike damage here and then finish them off with Banefire, if I'm not that's correct. Okay. Well, they're counting uh, towards the Banefire, so they're blocking with their Kenra. And they're uh, four or five. So this Embercleave right now, it strikes through for four. We're going to get six through alongside that. Is that enough? I think we're one. I think we're one short. short. Yeah. Well, we'll play it out and get the damage. <laughs> we'll play it out. <laughs> unfortunately, it looks like we're, we're going to miss it just by one. But that, that just goes to like small marginal draws. Us drawing like quite a lot of land in this matchup was not helpful either. But, you know, the deck still kind of performed well. They'll draw off their Mind Stone here to see if they can find, I guess, like a Shock would be really good for them, just so they can get that Rim Rock Knight off the mm -hmm. battlefield. We we put up a Valiant effort, and... We definitely did. Yep, they are at a 4-3. Oh, no, we did our math wrong. We did our math wrong. Oh, oh my three. god. We've got Banefire for three. <laughs> Banefire for three, please. No, I don't know. Oh Is my god. Is life gain spell? <laughs> I, like... They, they exist, but I don't think they're going to be what our opponent has here. Oh my, oh gosh, my gosh, the clutch. Yo, do you believe in Cleave? Do you believe in Cleave? We believe oh. in Cleave. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you, double strike math off of Ember Cleave is like a lot to take in, but we were able to pull it out with a final top deck of an Ember Cleave. And what a bit of justice for us after uh, drawing three lands in a row and being able to utilize that last bits of mana to push through the final damage. Love it. Absolutely love it. And that Believe goes the cleave, just to show... Bane fire. Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I say, I got to give you the W and that, and that W is strictly because of that mentality you're talking about. Don't play to survive, play to win, not blocking with that exclusion mage and drawing the Ember Cleave. All those sequences got us the W and we get to hang a W here on the Unlucky Lounge. Thanks to our amazing guest, Althea. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Corey, for having me. It's been amazing, not only being on the podcast and drafting with you, but just getting to know you too. And talking on Twitter. So I've had an amazing time on the Unlucky Lounge and I'd come back anytime if, you know, you'd have me here in the blind eternities again. The doors are always open. Before we go, uh, would you like to share with our listeners where they can find you on socials, potentially your 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 own brainstorm for what your future Twitch channel name might be? Yeah, so uh, my Twitch channel, and my ch I'm mostly active socially on Twitter. That's at FemTG, F-E-M-M-T-G. Uh, you know, a play on words. <laughs> sure, you can easily figure that out. But um, uh, I put, you know, sometimes I post draft decks, sometimes I just post a lot of cute selfies. But um, as I mentioned in our previous episode, um, I'm, I was working on OBS literally yesterday, I was doing some test streams, and I'm just working on getting everything set up. So my, uh, my Twitter stream will also, or Twitch stream will also be FemTG, and it's just going to be an arena focused limited stream. Should be coming within the next 30 days or so, and I'll make an announcement on my Twitter when I do. Well, thank you once more for joining us. Follow her on Twitter. They show, I'm sure, will link to the Twitch. Uh, and you know what? I, I, I hate to drop this on you, but Borax bring you over another one of those Hedron Lattes. So you're going to have to stick with me a little bit longer here uh, in the Unlucky Lounge. I'm so sorry. Hey, I'm totally okay with it. My third one, I'm caffeinated. I'm ready to go. Woo! What an exciting game of Limited, all my unlucky lounge rats. We had some tough beats along the way. We had to come back from flooding out a bit, but if you persevere, play to win, but most importantly, believe in the cleave, you might just come out with a W in your cube drafts. Well, friends, it looks like we've reached the end of this episode of Friday Night Podcast once more. Thanks to our guest, Thea of FemMTG. Find her on Twitter, her coming Twitch channel. Find our socials, too, on Twitter, Draft and Draft Corey. Same with Twitch and YouTube. And find those video on demands on Twitch, the 2,000th download celebration inside there is a code. You send that code to me via direct message and you can be entered in to win one of our big Zendikar Rising code redemption giveaways. We want to hear from you. And if the show is giving you some joy and you want to help us continue to grow the Unlucky Lounge, find us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Enjoy some of those tiered benefits and help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, friends, it looks like I've found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of another episode. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok. And this has been Draft and Draft, Friday Night Podcast. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.